0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to your Monday night edition of the Tii Podcast. My name is Craig Dennett, and I'm your host. This evening as I'm joined by Ian and Tommy to look back over what was Philippe Clamont's first game in charge of Rangers and an and enjoyable game it was too. Ian, welcome along to the podcast, how are you doing?
1: Oh, good mate, yeah, as I was saying, a Rangers win, so my week's looking good, so all good.
0: Excellent, and Tommy, I assume you had an enjoyable weekend as well? Yeah, yeah,
1: listen, it's, it's positive.
2: Has um, a corner been turned? Uh, that's probably part of the conversation. But yeah, listen, nice to be
0: discussing a good performance and a good result. Absolutely. It's always good to be on after, after a Rangers win. And as we said, it was Philippe Comont's first game in charge of Rangers. He got a rapturous reception from the Ibrox crowd as he as he walked out into the dugout before the game. Um, people were just as happy with him after the game, if not happier. Um, so we'll delve, we'll delve into some of the sort of major talking points and we'll t- start to take a look at the bigger picture, let's say, and, and what it might mean for Rangers going forward. Ian, just to start us off, though, what are your reflections on the game? What did you make of Philippe Clamont's first game in charge?
1: Very pleased. Yeah, it's um, kind of everything I was looking for and a little bit more. Um, I kind of thought going into the game, a win will do, which is a bit negative kind of as a viewpoint. But if you told me pre-game, 4-0, I'd have been delighted. I'd look at that Hibs team and I know they played terrible and they didn't help themselves at all, but I feel like on paper it's a decent side. And for some reason, I just get this weird trepidation playing Hibs. I just don't like it. I just don't like the, the history of a few games here and there. So, yeah, I mean, good performances, good result, a lot of positives. And for once, there's not too many negatives. So, yeah, I'll take that every day.
0: Tommy, it was one of those ones where Luke Quan had been in in the door two or three days. We we saw how um, how deep down a hole that the team what the team were when uh, yourself and I were at the the Aberdeen game at Ibrox just before the yeah. international break. I was really questioning how much could he really change in the course of the space of two days. We've seen these players for weeks and weeks and weeks struggle, and then all of a sudden days of one, come on turn we turn up one Saturday and we look like a completely different team, it was I think I was surprised at how much it was able to change Yeah, listen,
2: it goes to the the point here that by and large that squad isn't as bad as we all maybe thought it was and I think the more kind of reasonable people understood that there was just a lot of subpar performances and whether that was the players or Michael Beale not being able to get a particular tune out of them is what it is, the players have reacted and they've given a good performance Philippe Clermont and his team should be happy with that. We, should, we are happy with that as fans. This team facing still the same problem, which is will they consistently be able to do that for a manager? This is where they've fallen down. So I don't want to It's fantastic. Listen, we, we got what we wanted. You know, uh, I think we had like 52% possession. I think we had 23 shots, seven I think seven or nine on target and converted four into goals. That's probably been the difference um, between other. Uh, other games, I think Michael Beale was big on the you know top of the short league, so to speak, and that's not me kicking a man when he's down. But I right, it's great and it is great to get that result. I think to Ian's point, which is well made, the conditioning of us all has got to a point where listen, I'll just take the points. That's that's all that's all I want at this stage, right? But I right, we we did really well. Hibs were terrible, but I think we actually made them pretty poor as well. They couldn't really implement their game plan, but yeah, ultimately. Will they be able to consistently do it? That's the question, Mark, that will continue over some of these players until they actually do it.
0: Absolutely, and we've also got a big week this week again. Europa League away, to, away in Prague, to Sparta Prague on Thursday and um, at home to Hearts on Sunday. If we get two wins out of those. Uh, if Luke come on, might be up for a knighthood at this, at this stage. <laughs> he manages to do three wins in a week. Um, but let's have a look at, I guess, some of the key points from... Saturday there's um I assume this is our very own JB, but it might not be. Uh, great to have you a bit of passion back on the touchline, even getting on the pitch for a kickabout. Um I don't know if you, you you've managed to see Fluke come on intercepting the ball down the line from the um from the from the Hibs fullback, but um he, he did a very good acting job of pretending that he didn't he didn't understand and he thought the ball was out and all that sort of stuff. So he, he he's um he's playing for us as well as managing us. Ian, first of all, I guess Kyle and I were at the game obviously for TII on Saturday and our um, I guess our reaction to the team selection we spoke about actually that when we first saw the starting lineup, it was quite deflating because then you remember yep. who's in the squad and you remember who's what, what the players have done beforehand and it kind of brings you back down to earth a wee bit. But one of the things that I thought was instantly noticeable or an instantly noticeable decision from Philippe Comant was Playing players in the position that they best perform in. Um, was that the one of the key things that kind of stuck out to you from, from I guess, the, the team set up itself?
1: Completely. Yeah, I mean, I, I did see the, the starting 11 and had a bit of a whimper. I mean, I've got in front of me here Scott Wright, Lammers, Dessers, Barisic. I don't take much excitement from those, those four, um, to name a few really there. But as you say, I think it's more about who's fit and who can play right wing, right, there you go, who can play left wing, there you go, and you saw the benefits that brought, people knew where to be at a certain time, we'll know that game where Scott Wright was playing as like a number eight, then a ten, then off the left, it just, it was a mess, Aberdeen I think it was, or game before that, in Motherwell even, but I think that's kind of back to basics right now, a proper manager comes in, picks his best player for that position, and it worked, it worked, um, I'm sort of part of this Barisic out brigade, so that was part of the thinking uh, How's how he got to know the header Yilmaz. But um, didn't quite think my voodoo'd work that quick. But there we go. Um, but no, I mean, there's there's not a lot that Clement could have done differently in a way. Maybe bring McCausland in, but I don't think he's like the long term answer. So once I'd calmed down the first few minutes, I think the lineup made sense. And obviously, it paid off in the end. It
0: yeah, absolutely did. Tommy, I don't think we learned a great deal from the lineup. Itself, other than I guess playing to player strengths, but outside of that, there's there's not much that he could change. There's obviously a, a vast number of injuries, and we get players coming back like Cantwell and uh, Roof, etc., that were on the bench uh, on Saturday. On how come on overall, I guess, and how the, how he set up for the game, um, the style of play, what he was looking for they the, what he was showing on the touchline that he wanted from the players what do you think we learned overall in that first game it's it's obviously a a very small sample size it's a very quick snapshot um of of a, of a start for um for comeon rangers but what did you as a fan sitting in the stadium at ibrooks what did you feel you learned from from that game on saturday
2: probably these these players can be they they can be Given a simpler message, and the simple message was: be slightly braver, move it forward quicker, right? And I don't think there's anybody who's been sitting in the stands or watching at home over the past couple of seasons who hasn't shouted that at some of these players, right? Several times in various different languages, right? In various different combinations of swear words of move the ball a bit quicker, right? It's pretty much that that simple. Actually, it got that it got that tune out of them. You know, you've got people like you know seema Desos worked really hard as well. Lammers was trying to move it forward, right, shouldn't be in a Rangers jersey, but, you know, guys like uh, Raskin, et cetera. And then, as you say, people like Cantwell coming back in, McCausland, Danilo, you've still had Roof uh, and stuff like that on the bench as well. Ultimately, put down the mark early. No lateral passes. Don't be scared to be brave in front of these fans. And that's a bit of a shot to us, I suppose, as well, which don't... Don't get the big sigh and, you know, all that type of stuff when a forward player tries to make something happen. So, yeah, the players can take on a simple message. Can they take on slightly more complex messages? Can they believe in themselves when it doesn't happen for a while? Can they break teams down? Can they go with the message which is, yeah, the fans might be on your back a bit, but it's up to you to do something to stop the fans being on your back as opposed to, oh, well, I'll just post something on social media or something like after the game saying we go again or whatever that looks like so yeah it's a bit of a longer answer there but Clement got what he wanted which was I know those good players in this team and it's a good team if I can just get them to work correctly and he got the massive left there of Adessa's goal as well which I'm sure we'll touch on it in a moment but yeah simple messages simple football get it forward rely on your talent all of a sudden you've scored four goals and kept a clean sheet
0: Yeah, Ian, Tommy's mentioned there a couple of times around getting the ball forward and getting the ball forward quick. It was obviously one of the frustrations that we had under Michael Beale was that we seemed to actively work against ourselves and slow the ball down and slow the game down and pass side to side more often than not, side to side and backwards, etc. One thing I did notice at the game was that Clement was, whenever players got the ball, he was instantly pointing forward. Um, and as soon as they got to the next player, he was pointing forward again. Um, so it was, it was clearly that was one of the, the instructions he was giving. Um, but how pleasing was it for you? Or, and how, I guess, going forward that um, into into future games and, and the upcoming, I guess, run of games that we've got, that that emphasis on, on getting the ball forward and getting the ball forward quickly is going to be there?
1: Yeah, it's, it's massive. I think I said in the last pod I was on about how, it became a bit of a chore going to Ibrooks, and that's such a horrible thing to say about your club, let alone a club our size. But the style of play wasn't there. The was passing that you touched on, the Lundström to Golden to Davies slash sort of back to Lundstrom to Tav for him to just whip across. It's just so negative, so repeated. Just wasn't going to break down teams at this level because of the whole like back fives, back tens that we see at Ibrooks so often. Um so yeah, seeing sort of People getting the ball and just driving. Just just going. It's it's so simple. It's so I don't want to say basic because it a lot of these players have been through a lot of different systems now. You, you think back to Gio's like horseshoe style of kind of building from the back round the sides and stuff. Gerard had a patient, cautious side to him as well at times. And then obviously Michael Beale's style, if you can even call it a style, never quite got going. But I think it was like the first couple of minutes when Tav wins the ball back and just goes and just plays the pass through to Lammers straight away it was like, right, there's the intent, keep doing that. And for one who actually did keep doing that, it wasn't the get to 15, 20 minutes or get to 1-0 and just revert to type. That's what was probably the most pleasing aspect for me it was they kept going, kept making chances, kept going forward. Um, I don't want to say handbrake off, I don't want to coin that phrase too soon here, but it's something that it is a better sign than anything else I've seen at Ibrook so far this season.
0: Yeah, it's actually a phrase that's been used a few times in the comments, I've got one saved up for a... <laughs> A bit later on in that one, in, in terms of hand break off side of things, but I completely agree. I was, I was a bit like you. I've sat beside Kyle, and Kyle was getting excited after five minutes, and I was like, "We normally start quite quickly, and then we slow down after the ten minute mark." Um, but thankfully, we didn't. Um, that didn't happen on Saturday. I, I did feel um, like you said in the fullbacks, we are getting forward, and they almost had more of a license to to get forward. Um, I think Borna Barisic had four four forward passes in the first five minutes, which was a novelty in itself before he went off um, injured. Um, Tommy, just about that though, in terms of, I guess the pullbacks have come under a lot of criticism so far this season, even for second half of last season, they were coming under a lot of criticism. It didn't seem like they were getting forward as much to support attacks, um, but they were still struggling defensively saturday seemed to be completely different and it, it made me question about is it managerial instructions they've been following that has resulted in them playing in that way i think it's a little bit of both in terms of the players own poor form alongside managerial instructions but one of the things that stuck out to me was that the fullbacks did seem to have more freedom on saturday
1: they,
2: they did but more no more or less freedom than they probably did under michael Bale. It's it's a belief thing and I naturally think that they weren't told to get forward or anything like that by by Michael Beale. I'm happy to be wrong with her, but I'm pretty sure he would have been saying, "Try and use your attributes to go forward." I think Clement actually nailed it in his uh, in his post-match press conference when he was talking about adherence to the structure and making the, the runs and you know the tempo that we're playing at. And maybe tempo is the word that needs to come into this part of the conversation. It was moving as a team. That structural point. That you know keeping uh, adherence to that and then keeping it high tempo not saying we've got one goal or it's been a wee bit of a dodgy five minutes we'll sit back and we'll see if we can soak this up I don't want to be the person on the ball because the, the fans are booing me a wee bit and I'd rather not have that and then I think uh, Philippe Lamont also mentioned in that post-match as well about the the reactions after losing the ball going and hunting it bringing it back in and getting it moving it around again and just making Hibs chase shadows. These are the, the good things. What Again, I, I don't want to duplicate what I said earlier, but what was, and I think I'm, I think I can quote here off the top of my head, but he was saying that it's it's like a honeymoon right? and everything is, is new. I think he said, you know, they need to confirm this the next week, the next month. That comes back to my consistency point. So we can talk about players playing higher, players being a little bit more dense through the middle, players being a little bit closer together at the front to make sure there wasn't too many gaps and we could actually link up things that we had been missing. But ultimately that's now the template that this team has to keep replicating as Philippe Clement and his coaching staff refine and iterate and get more of that. So 4-0, fantastic result, decent performance, do it again Thursday, do it again next weekend, get yourself back in the title race, win a trophy. That's where these players will start to rehabilitate themselves en masse with the uh with the support and philip come doesn't strike me as the type who's gonna who's gonna keep people who can't do that around for very long
0: yeah i'll come back to your point on tempo tommy because it was something that philip come on um, kind of focused on and he was happy with in bits but i uh, also said it dropped off in quite a few times from where he wanted it to be which i thought was interesting but i wanted to it's kind of I'm not even in your room.
2: I'm not even in your room, Craig, but I'm I can still see what's on your agenda and I'm still determined to cause as much <laughs> as I can. That's my thing every time I come on, obviously.
0: Still trying to set fire to it and successfully doing it as well. So um There we go. There we go. I, I also need to
2: maybe split you and Kyle up if Kyle's getting that excited when he's in the gantry with you. i maybe have to do different pairings <laughs> in, in future. But we can take that offline.
0: Um, I just wanted to touch on Joe Ninety's comment here. Ian, we pressed from the front, made forward passes, punished negative touches, most importantly ran off the ball. The press wasn't mindless. We funneled to their full backs to create space for Seymour. One of the, the press was one of the most noticeable early things in the game. Um as soon as the um Hibs goalkeeper David Marshall had the ball for a goal kick, we were um our front three were spread right across the, the 18-yard line, um, ready to to have a run as soon as the short the short goal kick was taken, as soon as a, a fullback had it, um, there there was two or three coordinated players going, and you could you could actually see throughout the game there were clear trigger points where the players knew as soon as a player entered a certain point of the pitch with the ball. They knew exactly who was going and they knew exactly when to go as well and for how long to go before they dropped back into their positions. I found that really impressive after such a short space of time, but I also found it interesting that um, we started to drop, whenever we were dropping into a defensive shape, it was a defensive four-four-two, um, which is not something I've really seen us do beforehand, but it seems that that press and then the, the shape when we drop off is, is going to be really important uh, under Flukkman.
1: Massively. Yeah, I think my big thing for me for this game was how much higher we were just up the pitch in general um, because we've, we've been doing to kind of set off teams a little bit and not in a sort of fully defensive way, but so often this season we've saw Dessers maybe lead a press as a striker and just no one's supporting them. So a team can just pass it around Dessers, which is exhausting our striker and we're not getting any benefit from it. So like you say, going into a sort of 4-4-2 shape, it's a little bit Brexit ball these days, but it's it's very effective in terms of having a couple of guys close to whoever's got the ball at all times, so you're, you're constantly shutting down lanes, less avenues for the teams to get out, um, and don't get me wrong, I don't expect Hibs to pop the ball bit and break through us in that kind of sense, but that could be a massive thing going forward, especially in Europe or, dare we say, it, Celtic games, where they do like to pass it through teams quite a lot, so if we've got a tactics sitting there ready to just morph into break that down that's that's massive for us in regaining the ball i think raskin was massive in in terms of saturday and how he was sort of pressing but effectively pressing if that made sense it's it's probably the best he's been alongside the survey away game where he just seemed to be everywhere at all times it's always right spot just to nab the ball away restart the attack and then it goes back to where we started this conversation it wasn't winning the ball back to then retain it. It was winning the ball back to go forward and try and make a chance. And it, I know Tommy touched on it, it, was 23 shots or something there. That's not too surprising given how often we were just getting the ball and going, which is, is all we want to see. It's, what's, it's what any fan wants to, to watch their team doing. So, yeah, big closets, especially, like you say, what, two training sessions in with a squad that's far from your first choice eleven. That's That's got to be promising.
0: Yeah, Tommy, just touching on the the defensive shape, was it as obvious to you from where you were sitting that that's what we were doing? Um, And were you impressed by the way we were pressing Hibs and the way we were forcing them into mistakes high up up the pitch?
2: Yeah, I mean, yes, overarchingly, yeah, you're, you're watching it and you're saying, right, I like the shape, I like what we're doing. But maybe like most people, I'm probably just happy that we are up the pitch and I'm happy that we are you know, actually pressing. Sometimes I, I feel that, whilst I do this, and obviously I do this because we, we do the fan media stuff and all that as well, I like to watch what the tactics are, etc. Sometimes I just revert to being a fan, just sitting and watching the game and going, it's actually nice that we're up the pitch and we're dominating the game, right? Maybe, maybe I'll put my notepad down for a while and just enjoy it. And back to Ian's point earlier, I mean, this doesn't answer your question actually, right? But back to Ian's point earlier, it's been such a poor run and it's been turgid and it's been hard to watch and all that and it's not even been successful right What's actually just nice to see is front foot to say actually welcome to ibrox you'll get a sniff of nothing you'll get put in your box your fans will leave early they'll be quiet right and the best that they'll have is some scummy grotty little comments and graffiti about a tragedy right that's them showing themselves up on the pitch, the team also gets shown up. And it's just nice to sit back with the the glow of a new manager and a new management team and a chance to reset and say, I really enjoyed that. Now, because I like to be thorough, I will say, yes, I also enjoyed watching us press really high and I liked the shape and the rigidity to it. And the fact that we were all pressing as a team as well, and people were filling the spaces and more importantly, dropping into the spaces left by the players pressing. But the first part of that answer is probably more important to me particularly the graffiti part and those people should be absolutely
0: ashamed of such an abhorrent act absolutely they should be um looking at the i guess looking at it from a fan's perspective Tommy, like you said it was refreshing to me that we only conceded one real chance ago in the whole game. Um, John Sutter, not for the first time, I guess, got caught under a, a long throw-in. It was a bit of a strimash, to use an Arthur Mortonford um, phrase in there. And um, the ball eventually landed to um, Jack Butland and took it away. But that was the only real chance I, I think we gave up um, in the game to, to Hibs. Um That was a real positive for me. There was questions over whether the Hibs turned up in their best form. Um, I think they played better in previous games, going by how their manager's reaction was. But I don't think we let them play either. But the, um, the the lack of conceding chances, I think, which we've seen all too often in in recent games, was a was a positive for me as well from a fan perspective.
2: I'd listen, un- undoubtedly, uh, you also need a wee bit of you know, maybe the listeners and yourselves give me a bit of rope here. But you also need a wee bit of luck with that. You know, they get a chance they don't finish it you know i get snuffed out that type of stuff sometimes you just need that wee bit of extra luck to get you on your way you know as times go by I, you know i'm not a massive believer uh, believer in luck I suppose to some extent but you could probably bet your bottom dollar michael beale still on the touchline the chance gets finished Ibrooks becomes slightly more hostile and that's where you are but listen that's exactly it gave up one chance didn't concede went up the other side of the pitch got four goals really good performances by some individuals, really confidence building moments for some others. And you get to see a little bit of what Philippe Clermont is is trying to do. I, I think just to go back to your previous question as well, because I don't think I gave you a full enough answer, which is maybe the important thing for Philippe Clermont is just by getting in the players faces and making it very clear and very simple, he was able to change something really quickly. Now, if that doesn't give us all a positive lift, then not, nothing will. And if the players can also see, because players love excuses and love to hide behind them, if the players can see, actually, we did these simple things and we turned over hips, We weren't at the best, I get that, right? I grant you. But we turned them over. Okay, maybe we we, we keep going with this guy. And we, we need the players to keep going with Philippe Clermont, at least until the transfer window, where he can take some of the players that he doesn't like and he can shift them directly out of the club. Because beyond the illusions, there's still players in there that shouldn't be in a jersey. Um, And who have hidden under successive managers. So, yeah, that's maybe some of the answer that I'd left out previously.
0: I always appreciate further clarification, Tommy. Um,
2: Well, you know, I'm always happy to do that. I'm going to hold up a wee card next time, so everybody can go and get a cup of tea and then come back when I'm finished.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Ian, one of the players that's coming up quite a bit in the comments actually is John Winström. A lot of people surprised by his performance. I think a lot of people were keen to see John Winström out the door. In um, the summer, even more so after some of his performances early on in the early on the season. What did you make of John Winstrom on on Saturday? He seemed more comfortable in that position in that role um, than he has done for a while, and he seemed um, he seemed to have taken on. Some of those simple instructions from Komon really, really well. He was, um, he was he had his usual aggressive style, but he was getting when he won the ball, he was moving it quickly. He was getting the ball wide quickly. He wasn't dilly dallying on it. And I uh, actually thought he had one of his better games so far this season.
1: Yeah, no, I would agree. Um, I think a big problem I've seen is, like I said before, it's the the centre backs to Lundstrom to the centre backs thing that just keeps kind of retaining possession. Maybe a little bit scared of getting the the Ibrox grown that we're all talking about, but clearly, like you say, he took on that instruction that if you get the ball, go forward. doesn't matter if it's you going forward or the ball going forward, but someone is going forward. And then from a defensive point of view, I think he he done pretty well at Sheffield United in the Premier League because their game was sort of press and it's sort of, we're all going here, so let's press. So Lundstrom's kind of built for that kind of role, which is why he does so well in Europe. Like We're not going to have a lot of the ball in Europe, so he's the guy that charges him down, wins the ball back, and then moves on to a creative player, and that's Pretty much what his job was at the weekend. And the most simple Lundstrom keeps it without going too simple, I think it's it's ideal for him because no one's expecting Lundstrom to run the pitch. He's not going to dribble past players, he's not going to make 10-15 assists per season. That's not his job. But I think that's what gets people so frustrated because he does have so much of the ball, yet you know he's not going to be that guy that's making like the 40-yard diagonal. He's not going to make defense splitting pass. But if he's the one that's always got the ball. Us as a crowd are just simply waiting for someone to do that, so it's very easy just to say that you're the pl- problem. Once from out you get, but if we're playing a high press, he's probably the fittest guy in our team. He's the guy that's always available. He, he won the bleep test at the start of the season. You know he's he's got a great engine on him. We need to make use of that. It's, 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 he's built for that kind of high press, high intensity side of it, so that's perfect. And as we're saying, if, as long as he can progressively play then I don't see a problem with him being that sort of starting six, I guess who he would be in this sort of 2023 world that we call positions numbers. I think he's the six that we want if he plays that way. and I'd be fine with him being there long term.
0: I just want to pick up on uh, Joe enty's comment here because it was something that I noticed as well, where it was, it was a clear theme um, from the manager and the players' press conferences. He says, thought the comments from the manager and players about fitness were interesting. I think it was Seema trying to be dip- diplomatic, saying a different kind of fitness, but as a theme. Cyril Dessers also referred to it, Ian, as a um, a different kind of fitness than what they they had before. come um, on highlighted the fact that, obviously, the Borna Barisic injury was a negative, but also the fact that many players were struggling to complete the 90 minutes from a fitness perspective. Um, what do you think's gone on there? Where, where, has, where has this gone wrong from a fitness perspective? side of things when um i, I know we spend we spent a lot of time equating what michael beale does to what Stephen gerrard did and assuming they're one of the same which we, we i think we've probably all learned that that's not the case but under Stephen gerrard we were a very fit football team under michael beale it seemed like we were almost anything but uh um, that seems to be, be be hammered home i guess by the comments from both clement and some of the players at the weekend what do you make of that and what what do you think's Going
1: on it's a strange one because it's not as if you could say Bill's philosophy was all about like possession and style because we didn't see that either but there was a very interesting moment in the press conference on Friday that would have been where he without saying it was almost throwing shade at Bill for how unfit the squad was I've always thought it's a kind of pace issue because even if you look at that 11 there's Wright and there's steamer who have that bit of pace beyond that there's not a lot and beyond our squad maybe Matondo or Danilo excluded. We don't have a lot of players with pace. And if suddenly you're looking at 11 guys running about without pace, they're just going to naturally look unfit. So I always thought it was kind of that, but he seems to be very focused on working close with physios, close to the medical team. And I think I said at the start, he's picked the fittest players for his position rather than maybe the best players in times, but he seems very big on fitness, which I, I, I'm all for. I'd love that it's just going to be a problem for a lot of our squads. Obviously it goes without saying there's at least four or five guys in there who you know can't play four or five games on the trot. Just your Roof, Lawrence, Matondo, Suter, Barisic. It's pretty harsh to throw Barisic in that sort of same train, but he's in his 30s now. He's going to start breaking down It is quite an old core of a squad as well. So I wouldn't be too surprised if once we get a fuller fitter squad, we see a lot more younger players playing in order to match this high-intensity manager and that can only be a good thing style of play-wise, I think.
0: Tommy, just on the, the fitness thing, were you, was it a comment that A, surprised you and B were you um, were you, I get use the word surprised again, were you surprised at the fact that Come on was so forthright in the way he came out and, and spoke about that and called it out?
2: No, I mean he strikes... I think it strikes most people certainly strikes me as a, a pretty straight, straight speaker if he doesn't like something he will, you know, he'll, he'll t- say that. I mean, any, any manager has their own style of training and the levels of expected fitness. So for example, to take Ian's point, we, we need to be careful as well. in that it's relatively easy to also say, the players haven't been fit enough, but I can come in and change that. Right. I'm not saying for me, come on, as doing that, but it's a bit of an easy win. I remember us all having positive conversations about Michael Beal calling out Giovanni Van Bronckhorst on the fact that the squad weren't fit enough. So you know, take take your pick, and let's be fairly clear-eyed about how we all react to these particular stories. He might also be talking about certain specific players who haven't maybe come out of pre-season and been done, but you know, you can't say, oh, you've got players doing bleep tests and passing them and being able to compete or whatever, but actually the whole squad is under fitness. I don't think that's what anybody in this um podcast or indeed Philippe Clement went. It may be just a I expect the fitness levels to change in a certain way because the style of play is going to be much more tempo-led, much more forward-facing, much more um invasive to the other team, as opposed to okay, let's take the ball or soak up pressure let's hit them on the break which is slightly different kind of parameters of what you're trying to try to do so it may be some of both of those things in that right i want a different style of play and i want my players to go right to the end no nah, either way it's no bad thing but i i don't immediately jump on a bandwagon you know, of right new manager said old manager hasn't got the exact level of fitness and style of play that I wanted. And again, I come back to it. it's relatively simple for players who have been underperforming to then jump on that bandwagon as well. It wasn't me who couldn't hit a barn door. It wasn't me who was scared to pass forward. Turns out I wasn't fit enough to actually have that in my mind. Right? Park yourself up and learn how to do better because that's just an excuse. Right? Fitness doesn't really stop you playing a ball forward or being able to hit a, a, a target. So yeah, I... I kind of walk a fine line on that one. But, um, again, I come back to, I'm pretty sure what Philippe Clement wants his players to be fitness-wise, they are going to be fitness-wise. I don't think there'll be a lot messed about behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, speaking of players who couldn't hit a bar and door, Cyril Dessers, um, you got it. I done I
2: haven't left in for you Craig I thought I'd do the, do the
0: met together together I've been in stream with Harsh there I've sat in a press conference with him a couple of times now and he's the nicest guy you could you could ever want to meet and he is like he's the kind of guy you, you, you really want to do well
2: yeah I mean if he's you, reputable right you, so you don't have to worry about.
0: <laughs> He is genuinely one of the nicest guys um that I've that I've met um And through the press conferences and he's the kind of guy that you do generally want to do well but he has had the struggles so far um there seemed to be a bit of a um a divide in terms of how people viewed his performance on Saturday and I felt a lot of people particularly those watching from home weren't that impressed by him and his contributions um the commentary on our twitter feed as we were as we were um, comment commenting on the game was that he's doing nothing. He's he's not putting any any effort. He's as useless as ever. Whereas at the game, actually, I felt that people were really positive about Serial Desus' performance and and that he he was obviously playing his part in the press. He was um, linking up better between midfield and, and the front three, um, and he obviously had a couple of chances where he um, where he, he partially kind of snatched at them a little bit, but. Got his goal in the end and kept kept finding those positions. What did you make of Cyril Deschamps' performance and, and the the fan reaction that he got? Because obviously when he came off as a as a, a sub, it was just after his goal, but he got a standing ovation from from the crowd at Ibrox, um, which isn't something you see all too often if a player is um, if a player is out of favour. No, it's um it's
1: an interesting one, like you say. I mean. I think if that was his debut game and he had that exact performance, we'd all be quite happy. There wouldn't be any, any negatives about it. It'd just be a guy finding his feet, done pretty well, got his goal, ticked every box. I think it's more, it goes back to this sort of scarring that we've got from what we've seen already this season. So just as an example, when when he's played through off uh, Lammers and he's two one-on-one, I didn't think he would score. He doesn't score. Seymour gets the goal in the end, but yeah, not in a sort of evil way, but I kind of thought, well, no isn't scoring, so there we go. I think you're just going to it negative, which is wrong. That's not the right way I should be looking at a Rangers striker, but it's just what's ingrained to me so far this season and, and I've not seen enough from him to this point to make me think he will turn it around and he's a wee flash there, a moment there. But in saying that, he, he did sort of try his heart out. You know, he, he was running, pressing. He has a hand in the first semi-goal for the fact that he's sort of battling for the ball and it ricochets onto Seema, who then goes and scores. So he's, he's involved there. Um, he also gets his own goal. And then he's a big part of Seema's other goal, sort of making that run, taking it the goalie, leads to the goal. If not, it's going to be a penalty. So he's done his job there. I mean, I didn't see enough that makes me think, like right, this is our guy starting every game. Here we go. But for once, I'm coming away going, there's something there. There's there's a bit of ability there. There's the hard work there. And, um, Like you say, he's he's had a tough spell to this point, to put it mildly, uh, kindly, but you saw in the press comments, he's got a very infectious smile. He seems a lovely guy. My missus fancies him so highly that it's quite upsetting for me looking the exact opposite as him. But I want him to do well. I think Danilo coming back will take a little bit of a break off him. Maybe you would see two up front a little bit more, which could help him. And I thoroughly, thoroughly hope he does now kick on. Gets a goal Thursday night. Maybe. You're about but to get abstract views by here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, i just, your missus obviously doesn't have a type. I mean, Studio Dessers and you, Ian. Didn't- do not, do, do I'm trying like not to, to ask myself that. I'm trying to gloss way over that. Just totally know that fact. <laughs> do you know, of all the things I thought you were going to say about serial deserts, that <laughs> that was not the one that
2: your missus fancies on. Um, so get her on the podcast, right? You can you can go away. Get let's, get, of let's get the missus on and talk about serial deserts. Uh, well, he should be the one we put up for the calendar at the end of the season, then. There we go.
0: I and mean, Todd Cantwell, Jack Butland, quite a few to be fair, um, but uh, Tommy, Cyril dessers, one of the things that I guess is, not levelled at him, but it's always, he, he, he puts in the effort and <laughs> <he's> still...
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm sure he does put in the effort, I ask Ian's missies, but right, that's, that's yeah, not that right. at this level thing, right, we'll <laughs> <laughs> um, don't take it personally, right, but
0: yeah, so one of the things yeah, is like, that he puts in the effort, but that should be the bare minimum for a Rangers player of any position, not just not just a forward. One of the, Cyril Dessler's made the point in his post-match press conference that if he keeps doing the hard work for the team, if he keeps doing if he keeps getting in the positions for the team, then the goals will come. He scored goals all his life. It's always how it's worked. Um, he just needs to keep doing the hard work for the team and getting in, in the right positions and I guess I guess you, you get that, but it's then trans- it's translating that into the eye test and what the fans are seeing on the pitch. And I don't think that um, that's quite married up yet.
2: No, listen, I, I think you're right, and, and, and Ian's right as well in terms of, in terms of he's maybe got into that place as well that people just want him to do well. He's still a Rangers player, you know, he's still want him at the back of the net. And you go back to doing the basics, you know. And uh, Philippe Clement referenced that as well. Just work hard for the team. You know he's involved in bits. He's involved in seema's second goal, and he gets his finish. He's finished actually quite a nice, kind of cool finish as well. Do I think he'll go on to be a stellar striker for Rangers? I don't, right? But will he score goals? I absolutely hope so. And if this is the first on a, a kind of a road for him to start scoring goals and do what his job is at the top end of the park, then you know all power to the guy's elbow, so to speak. If it's nice and simple and he can get back to playing his game, great. I hope we're going to see the other side of serial Dessels now, which is, you know, as Ronald De Bourg referenced, when he's got confidence, he's 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 pretty deadly. We've seen the out of confidence serial dessers. Maybe now we're getting that goal and getting some an arm around his shoulder from the manager and fans giving him a bit of kind of good vibes from the from the stands. We actually do get to see the the confident Dessels and he goes on a run of scoring goals. I mean that's that's not a bad thing. Nobody in a Rangers jersey or nobody Sporting Rangers loses if he does go on a run
0: and proves his all be bit wrong for the hassle he's taken. So yeah, I, I wish nothing but the best for the guy in you know, all honesty. Yeah, Tommy, one of the one of the most telling things I think that came from that press conference for me was the fact that um he spoke about the negative noise that had been around him, obviously, pre the last international break. Um, he said he'd had, um, he'd, I, think, I think the phrase he used was, he'd seen both sides of the fans um, in terms of being negative towards them and being positive towards them. He also spoke about he'd actually he'd let some of the negative noise start to affect him and he was trying, he yeah, started to try too hard and that was impacting his game. Were you surprised, firstly, that, as a, as a player, as a Rangers player, that he was willing to openly admit that. And, and secondly, um, I think it was obvious to us all after that Aberdeen game, just how much he had been affected by, by the negative noise. I think you'd, you'd spoken in the podcast just after that game as well about it was time to take him out the, the limelight. It was, it was clear it was affecting him, wasn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I remember referencing the fact he was the last player off the pitch as well after the walk-round, um, which I thought was a wee bit unfair. Uh, for him too, but yeah, listen, people are only human. In the background, if you are looking in on social media or, or you know, you're listening to the stands, then you, you knew he was getting absolutely pilloried. He's a big summer signing. He's manager to put a lot of hope in him. That manager is now gone. It's you know, it'd be surprising if it wasn't getting under the skin a wee bit. That's why these players are supposed to be at the elite level as well. That they have a mentality not to accept abuse, but a mentality to say I can come back from the the low moments. If that's what he's turned that into now, he say, listen, I, I can be open. I do want to be a success at this club. That's what I took from it. I, I really want to get you fans on site here and score goals for you. And then he starts putting in, you know, workhorse performances, first of all, and then that translates into goals. Well, you can see the guys, you know, working the jersey and trying to try to do the job. Again, these are all fairly laudable things. And then you get to a point of, right, can has he done enough to stay? Or has he done enough to make himself attractive to being sold or whatever? And that's just you Know the cycle of football, but I, I quite like the fact that the guy was open and honest about He wants to be a success, he's not become uh, petulant. I mean, into himself, he's tried to do enough. A new manager's come in, put the arm around him, and he's rewarded him with a whether well, you say the performance was amazing or not, or it was okay, it was so so. He's done enough to get a goal, and he's been involved in another setup. Uh, again, that's an absolute positive movement for Cyril Dessers. Best of luck to the game.
0: Ian, what did you make of those comments from Cyril Deschamps around the pressure potentially getting to him a little bit before the last international break?
1: Like Tommy says, it, it can't be a surprise. I mean, I've I've never in all my years going to Ibrox seen a player get booed off the park the way Dessler's got booed off the park. I understand at the time I was in the stadium, I I felt the frustration, but it was if we take a step back, that's horrible to watch, let alone to be the the person who's been booed. I mean that's. A lot of players wouldn't recover from that. And a lot of players, as Tommy said, would shuck away, hide away, not come out for press conferences, not discuss it. So I think it was, it was nice. It was very real of him. Um, they just touched on the fact that he, he seems a lovely guy. Like He seems very honest, very upfront. And there was a few times he's, he's been like, kind of last off the park. and It's just wee things like that that you kind of think, right, I don't know how to say it, but just get your head down, keep going. As a ranger striker, you will always get chances. Like guys behind you, guys like Cantwell feeding balls and like that, you're always going to get a couple of chances. And I think as well, it was it was quite important that he did miss a few, there was a couple of little ones that could have gone his way, could have done better. But he was still prepared to sort of take his time when he got his moment because he could have just fluffed at that. I mean, we saw it was at the Aberdeen game right at the start where he has the chance from Tav and he just blows it over the bar. He could have easily got the ball from Cantwell, just oh shoot, but. He'd, took a second, saw where the the players were, let the Hibs guys sort of collide and then just, there you go. It was just, like I said before, it's nice just to see he has got something, he's got a bit of finishing to him and if this is now the start of a little run, a bit of composure, a bit of confidence in him, it's win, win, win for all of us. So let's hope that's that's the way forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Tommy, um, come on! also spoke about how pleased he was the with the synergy between the, the fans and the players, the fact that it was there from effectively minute one on um on Saturday, I was going to say Sunday. In uh, fact it was there from minute one on Saturday and uh, his quote said uh, it's one of the biggest strengths of this club when we need one we need to win trophies. How important is it that the fans are, are on side and backing the team and were you surprised that happened so quickly or is that just something that naturally happens when a new manager comes in ah, it's the new manager bounce even fans get it it's
2: not just uh, not just the dressing room so unsurprised to hear people going with it would have been interesting if hibbs early chance goes in the back of the net right but it's not focused in on philippe clement it's focused in on these players the squad has been the problem not the well not wholly the manager that's been in the chair. So yeah, I'm unsurprised to see that everybody got behind them. I think we've already all bought in to a large extent to Philippe Clement and he's kind of um uh he's he's speaking, he's look, all that type of good stuff. So yeah, uh, I I think that's fine. Again, maybe the same as the players consistency because we all know that if things aren't going particularly well, Ibrooks can be a bit of a, a bit of a tough place to play in a blue jersey. Um, and players naturally go hiding. So, yeah, we need to be aware of that too. But again, sometimes you're looking for the players to bring the fans. The conversation seems to be a one way a lot of the time, which is all oh, these fans that you roll the players on. Sometimes we actually need something to hang our hat on and a wee bit of belief. Um, I think Philippe Clement is filling that role for us right now. What we need is the players to con- consistently do it as well.
0: Yeah, it was actually one of the things I wondered if because fans have. Don't want to say blindly backed, but they've um they've got right behind Giovanni Van Bronckhorst when they come in, they've got right behind uh, Michael Beale when they came in and both times have been let down quite significantly. I wondered if there would be more fans sitting back in expectation or sitting back and saying, Right, it's up to you guys to bring me along, it's up to you guys to show me. But it didn't feel that way, Ian, on on Saturday, is you get the impression that fans are quickly getting behind Philippe Clement and um and the players again.
1: Yeah, I mean Bale talked a good game and then didn't back it up. Clement has so far talked a very good game. Every press conference, every little media snippet, every interview so far, I've came away going, I like this guy. I like this guy. Like it's just it's building and building, building. And I think that's that's the key. It's more we're a very um a very easy fan base to get suckered in. And think, oh, this guy's—he's the one. Here we go, Brilliant, perfect. So, one four nil will help that, but it's consistency. I've seen in the comments a lot between players, management. It's consistency. One win, win again on Thursday night, win at the weekend. Keep this going. Keep the momentum going. Keep the confidence going. Get more players back, and suddenly this is this is on. There's, I mean, there's a lot to play for this season. I know seven points is a lot. We obviously saw they got a win yesterday again but it's, it's not over and i think the more confidence we get in the players in particular i know we're talking about the manager right now but if the manager can keep the confidence coming for the players this squad can get so much better yeah it has to so let's hope that keeps I mean, it
2: going just just add one thing to ian's very well made point there which is there's also a legitimacy to Philippe Clement, with the best ball in the world, to Michael Beale, when he was yep. talking stuff and it maybe wasn't going right or whatever, you go, "What, coach?" QPR, not exactly stellar. Clement turns around and goes, "Right, well, I was big enough to get the Monaco job as well, but I've also got three, you know, in a row titles from the Belgian league, which is not a bad league with two different clubs. So there is a there's a serious legitimacy when somebody says, right, and this is how I do, I do it. All right, I wonder if that'll work. Well." I've, it's one stuff so it's a wee bit extra there as opposed to somebody who says right well I've, I've modeled this and I think this is the right way to go about it right but have you actually won anything no not yet but I was I won it as an assistant different when you're wearing I think as Michael Beale found out as well it's different when you're wearing the suit jacket and you're the one that's out front and center on you're the one that has to weather the storm
0: yeah Tommy that I'm kind of you. that um, it's almost like you've seen my agenda like you said but kind of touches on like, on the. the, the... <laughs> Pinching on the next point, I was looking to, to ask you, you both, and I'll start with yourself, Tommy, um, on it, just around Clement as a person, Clement as a character, what you've seen of him so far in press conferences at the side of the park. Um, has, has he impressed you so far? Um, are you? Is there, do you like what you're seeing from him? Do you like what you're hearing from him? Uh, yeah, I'll give you a shorter answer then, since I've,
2: I've done that. Yes, like what I'm seeing, like what I'm hearing. He's got a good history. He's won his first game. Go and win your second game. Go and win your third game. Go and win trophies or like you
0: even more. That's it. Ian, same question to you.
1: Yeah, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> no, it's like I said before, he's ticked every box I'd want him to so far. He's got this kind of aura about him, which I don't think we've had since Gerard. And I, as a fan, I don't think that's too important. But as a player, I think you take on what he says. You know, he's. He's a big guy. He's he's got as Tommy touched on. He's got medals in his pocket, which I know Gio won a league. I think he won a league in a cup. He obviously had a great playing career, which is great. It's a nice bonus. But it, particularly in comparison to Bill, who hadn't on his own merit won anything. Which I mean, I don't. I'm not like trying to the guy and kick him when he's down. So sort of I think I was a big fan of him coming in. I thought this this would make sense. He always had a great start. But just if I'm looking at it from what a footballer wants from a manager as Tommy says you want the guy who's won trophies who's got this aura about him who's got the sort of the ability to say do this because look simple as that I know a way that wins let's go on and do that and the more 4 wins we get the more it's just going to keep keep building and building
0: yeah, we've spoken a lot about the positivity, I guess, that's come from, from Saturday, I think.
1: What do, you,
0: what do you think? What do I think about Luke? Come on, I think he is a very intimidating individual, having stood five feet from him. <laughs> and I will absolutely not be getting on the wrong side of Luke. Luke, Come on, at any point in any press conference. Um, but yeah, it completely backs up what you guys say. Um, he has that uh, presence about him that I think, was lacking from both Gio and from Michael Beale. I think he has that as soon as he walks in the room, everyone takes notice, whether that's just his size, um, or whether that's actually just his presence as a person and a personality. Um, I'm not quite sure yet. But he when he was answering questions in the press conference, he um he was very assured in what he said. He wasn't giving anything, he wasn't giving too much away, he wasn't um he wasn't leaking anything that, sh- that shouldn't be said or he, he was very assured and very well media trained from that perspective and he's one of these guys that just doesn't see anything without thinking about it at first um and you can imagine that's exactly how he is with the players as well um, And you he can see how his instructions will be very clear and very very concise the trying scotsman's come up says gravitas he's got um he has gravitas and that's exactly it's exactly what it is and it's, it's exactly what you expect from a rangers i'm also very well. glad that
2: you highlighted that second comment from the yeah, final Scotsman, right. and not the one that you yeah. up just.
0: <laughs> like- <laughs> <laughs> i was very careful to highlight the second one as well Um so yeah absolutely but uh, gravitas is a really good a really good word for it and i'm i'm looking forward to to seeing how that now plays out um i don't think you'll take any nonsense i think if any players don't meet the standards he wants or don't meet up to the, his expectations they will be out the door quickly and that's exactly what we want as rangers fans we know that the core of this team has been um it's been around for too long and it's needed someone strong to almost come in and get rid of all oh, we thought michael Beale was going to do it in summer he didn't um a lot of them are still around i have no doubt that Philippe come on if they are not offering what he wants them to offer and what he needs them to offer they will be out the door. Um, quicker than they can uh, quicker in a flash so yeah I think my I think Fluke Kawant is a is a um really positive addition to um to our management team. I think it'll be really interesting watching him go forward but he will take no nonsense. Um I don't think that's um up for debate at all. Just to round us off I guess um we are in um, fast approaching the hour mark one of the key things that Fluke is continued to speak about and continued to discuss is is his philosophy or ideology, dominant attacking football with a good pressing game. That sounds like what we all want and what we all try and create in Football Manager or what we all try and create in FIFA or whatever. Is is it as easy as saying that's the recipe for success, Tommy, and if we achieve that, then there's no doubt and we'll be lifting trophies? I don't think any
2: manager turns up and goes... Oh my football's shocking! Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna park my bus here and we'll see what happens. Right, thank God I've got
0: it's this kind of a Steve Clark mentality. That one is it, not? I, is it
2: kind of a yeah? Yeah, thank whatever God you've got for my three-year contract and my compensation package. I'm here for the short term. I don't think any manager ever says that. They all say roughly the same thing. I want to dominate. I want to win. Uh, trophies, I want to take care of the football, I want to do X, Y and Z. Again, we go back to some of the stuff we just said, but Philippe Clement has got that philosophy, if you like, philosophy of being different from rigid ideology and saying I can only play one style of football, because he obviously doesn't. But he's got that philosophy and it's shown that it works. Right? He's it, won stuff. So, yeah, I mean, everybody wants to see really dominant football where you put your foot on the neck of the opponent and you don't let go or step off until the final whistle goes and the points are in the bag and you've scored goals and you're at the top end of the table coming the end of the season and you've got trophies in the in the cabinet. Everybody wants that. You're not going to get that every single game, that's fine. So if we can also do the bit the you know the, the less glamorous bits where it's pretty turgid, but you come away with the three points, that's a good recipe here. He strikes me as being Wellstein really wants that. He's also a pragmatist. I will take the points when I need to because what I just want to do is win and that's the thing that's came across from me he just keeps constantly banging on about winning I just want to win just want to win right fine you can iterate all the style of play just keep winning just keep winning that's a good thing for me
0: yeah Ian final word on this to you Um, oh Marco Negri's eyes comments just it says more than first phrase I want five across the back and waste high tackles and I'm only half joking you were a big proponent of Five across the back under under Michael Beale. Um, how are you feeling? Are you excited by the the approach that Foot Kiamon is putting forward in terms of on the park?
1: Yeah, very much so. Um, I think the big thing that was posed to him in that first sort of um, interview he'd done was about like your philosophy and how you play. And I'm, I'm quite a big fan of the fact that it doesn't have one. It just depends sort of the opposition, the, the way going to try and play. Um, as you say, I, I am Mister Five at the back because of. My uh, my like thinking is always going to be get your 11 best players, play them. And when I think of who our best players are, top 11-wise, Goldson, of Davies, I think just about make that in terms of who's like normally fit and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I'm that guy. And I think Clement would have the sort of tactical awareness, the nous, to sometimes deploy that tactic, sometimes make use of that. I mean, I think... We've seen all too often our fullbacks get done with players running at them, more so in Europe or, or certain games, but I think Clement is, is wise that he's he does his scouting, he does his awareness. I think he got asked in the press conference there about Thursday night and he was straight away going, they play like this, they do that, they do that. So he's, he's obviously got that kind of forward planning, which you would expect in any manager these days. I mean, we've got a massive scouting department. I'm not saying it's, it's him sitting watching DVDs every night with this kind of stuff, but
0: I think, I think he is watching watch DVDs every night, to be honest. Good. I
1: think he yeah. comes across that kind of guy. He does. It does. Um, but I think that's, that's a good thing for me. It's it's flexibility. We spoke earlier about how the shape at the start of the game was like 4 2 3 1. Then suddenly it was 4 4 2. And again, this is a couple of training sessions in. You're getting that flexibility, that fluidity. The front threes, a lot of the game were moving about. You saw Lammers be the sort of head striker. Then he was in the wing. Dessers would cover. Seema played from the left, but got his goal from the right. Stuff like that. I mean, I don't think that's just players randomly moving about. That looked structured for a change. It looked like it made sense, and I think that comes down to Clement and his his desire, his awareness of teams. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we see back fives here, back threes there, back fours there, and that's just going to keep other teams guessing. So, all for it.
0: Absolutely. Okay, I think we'll round off the podcast here. Thank you very much to Ian and Tommy uh, for their contributions. Um, Ian's a way to try and hide his Mrs Serious Serial Dessers posters um, before we... Before he, before he goes to bed um He's absolutely <laughs> regretting mentioning anything
2: about that you have my sympathies <laughs> you have my sympathies yeah. for it. look
0: forward
2: <laughs> <us. I> just <laughs> another can, can, eh? an thing as well. It kind of went under the radar because you know we don't really focus on this type of thing as well it's only recently that we've we've come to youtube and stuff like that just the other day this is Ibrook's channel past a million views and i just wanted to thank the people who are watching here the people who watch it on youtube later on etc um that's incredible and so thank you so much for for being with us as Ibrooks. um we've got a lot more coming down the track
0: absolutely and if you're brand new to us welcome along uh, please do like the video if you've enjoyed the content please do subscribe to the TII youtube channel so you get a notification every single time we go live or we'll pop up in your in your subscription feed uh, so you can watch all the videos that that come up. Um, In terms of what we've got coming up the rest of this week, Kyle and the team will be back on Wednesday night, looking ahead to the big game in Prague on Thursday um, as Rangers get set to take on Sparta Prague. And then we'll be back at the weekend as well, um, Rangers versus Hearts uh, on Sunday, and we'll be live from the gantry at Ibrox for that one as well. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Podcast
1: Network.